Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. Hello, hello, hello. How's Pete doing today? I'm doing great. I love our new studio. Yeah, we are in new surroundings. It has a little echo in it. But I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, we probably but maybe that's to... good. They get to hear what you say twice. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't know if that's good, <laughs> but I mean, what's really nice is I'm looking across from you. I, this is weird. Cause I'm yeah. always like, we're always, I always have other. a sore neck by the end of the podcast. Anybody, now I can look straight ahead. Anybody that watches is on YouTube. Don't know. Don't yeah. know. There's a difference. You'll, you'll see the difference. You'll see the posters are in different order and uh, yeah. all that good stuff. Pete's hair still looks amazing. So yeah. that hasn't changed. Yeah. I looked at it earlier. I, I got like, bloodshot eyes Yeah, he from walked, all my smoking. So Bob walks in, in the prep. <laughs> And I looked at him. I was like, what is going on? You've been smoking? What's what's up? And apparently he's serving for, for Goat Church. And uh, he was serving. What were you doing? Over we were doing um, burgers and hot dogs on the grill. And it was, there was a, for lot the teachers? Of, a lot of good. Yeah, for all the teachers. It's a big school. They're like, there's like over 200 staff there. So we wow. cooked, we cooked like, um, I'm guessing, but probably about 100 hot dogs wow. and about 120 hamburgers slash cheeseburgers so. and so everybody a lot of people volunteers from go church all yep. hung out yeah and we you were in the time. smoker and you got I you got the smoker <laughs> you got smoked and you you rocked in with bloodshed eye, bloodshed uh, eyes and, it's all good yeah it's all good now so, i know i think i know what the priest must have smelt like after they did the, <laughs> the burnt sacrifices oh that smelled bad oh, it was awful well that because of the blood <laughs> oh that smelled bad i mean i'm Ugh. sure that was like yeah Oh, but that was gross. Fun. Yeah, what we, we I had moved, to go jump in the shower. We moved, and so we we're now in a new location, and so we're excited. Um, we have a we have a window in our studio here, and so I'm looking out now, and it's raining, so we get to see a different perspective. So that's kind of cool. They get the weather forecast. Yeah, this but the excellent. yeah the lighting is kind of different in here, so we have different types of lighting. So we're just getting used to it. It's, it's all cool. good. Yeah, it's nice. It's just we got to get back in a groove. I yeah, mean, it's do. like. Well, and then we got to get Barry in here to, you oh, yeah, know, to experience it, to experience it. So maybe next week we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully. We'll ask them to get on. What else is going on? Uh, I don't know. Um, a lot. I mean, how much time do we have? <laughs> we have 58 more minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But who's counting? Now we get talk. Oh, we do have a clock. I'm like, where's the clock? There it is. I found it. Um, but yeah, no, it's been uh we've been both of us have been just stretched last two weeks. And you know, you get to the point where sometimes you get so exhausted that uh, you react in ways that you don't realize is still inside of you. Yep. And uh so I've had that experience this last couple of weeks where I lost my my mojo a couple of times. I remember one day my wife and I were just at the end of our rope. We were spent. Our bodies were weak. We were tired and uh, we were just irritable, right? Just, you know, you don't eat, you don't sleep right. You do all the extra, you know, all this stuff and you get irritable. And uh, man, I had one of those moments where I just lost it. And uh, God had to remind me that that's not right. And so I had to humble myself. Good for you. Yeah. But it was, uh, I tell you, man, that, that happens when you're at the end of the rope like that. I bet you anybody that's listened to me right now will probably like, yeah, I get it. I, I know. How you yeah. just get so exhausted and yeah. spent. Right? Yeah. So if that ever happened to you and I know you and we came in, per, you know, I would never throw a stone at you. I would, <laughs> you would, you would get no condemnation from me. I would just relate with you. You know what, you know what moving and religion have in common? What? They both suck. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we've really got to get, we really got to get shirts. Religion sucks. Yeah. Religion we do. Sucks. That, that should be like our trademark. Because, I mean, we talk about it so much and people do religion so much. And it's just, and I was watching, Christine and I were watching a show the other day talking about religion. And the show was talking about different, going to different weddings. It was like a Hallmark Channel movie or whatever, right? And, um, and so this person was going to all these weddings. Well, one wedding was a Jewish and a Muslim getting together. And one was a Hindu and a Muslim and another one's a Hindu and this and that, and, that. and never once did you see a Christian and a Muslim or a Christian and a Hindu or a Christian, because it's just, it's so different. Right. But other religions, they, they feel like they're all the same. They have their whole thing and they all get together, but all roads lead to heaven, right? That's, Pete? that's kind of where they were at. But I was just thinking, man, religion sucks, dude. That's all I kept saying. Like, that's just religion, dude. 
You know, like they were trying to figure out how do you do a Hindu and a Muslim wedding together? You know, how do you make that work? And I was just like, I don't know, just it doesn't matter. Just give your life to Jesus and just surrender and walk with him and get rid of all that religion and just make life easy. So I don't know. It was just different. All right. What else? Trying to think. I know. We're both. You guys listen. (laughs) We are exhausted. We are beat. (laughs) I'm telling you, we're doing this show by the grace of God. Amen. You know, the Bible verse that says, you know, when you are weak, I am made strong. We're praying, God, make us strong, Lord Jesus. We need it. Help us, oh God. Well, this should be the best show ever then. Because yeah. we're about the, as weak as we've ever been. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we could see. We might be blind. We might. We once were blind, but now we see. So we're going to... What hey, is it? That kind of is in context to what we're going to talk about. It today. is. What is it going to name of the show? Remember, we talked about it. The title of the show will Could be... Could you be blind? Or Wait. how do you know if you're blind? Or how do you, how do you know, know if you have blind? spiritual blindness? Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Anyway... We'll, we'll clarify that later, but we'll talk about that today. Well, they'll already know because they'll see the title. Yeah. <laughs> if we so don't change We it don't again. know what it is yeah. right now, but they will when they listen to it because here, it'll be titled. Here's the truth. We've changed <laughs> titles like 10 times before it actually goes up before. The titles are the hardest thing, people, for us to choose because we're like, I mean, I, how many times people have told me, so, well, I only went, I will listen to it because the title, you know, and that's why I listen to it. So we're like, well, how do we, you know, it's got to be what we're talking about. Yeah. So it's got to be a catchy title, but it also has to be relevant to what we're actually talking about. So otherwise we called out, right? Yeah. Oh, we have been called out. (laughs) We will not do that ever again. We tried it one time and we got burnt. So, uh, but yeah, the title is, how do you know if you're spiritually blind? Ooh, Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. That might might stick. Lord, baby Jesus, please help us answer that question. (laughs) You know, know he grew up, right? He did. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. But I still see him as, you know, the savior and he comes into this earth and I just praise the Lord for him. And it's almost affectionate, right? It's like when you say sweet baby Jesus, that's just, or you think of Talladega Nights and uh, the Talladega Nights movie. You ever seen that? I think I have. Yeah. He talks about Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Ricky Bobby. He talks about baby Jesus. Long time ago. That's an old movie. Yeah, we're not, we, Lord, forgive us. We're not at all being blasphemous. Please hear us. No, no, no. That's not how we mean it. That was our tired talk. Tired talk? Maybe mine. Well, how about if I pray and we get started? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> our Heavenly Father, we, we really do. Uh, we need you. We need, we need you more than ever, Lord. We ask that uh, you would just empower us and uh, help us through this show, Father. We, as we continue and finish up the uh, John chapter 9, Father, we just pray that uh, you would be glorified in everything we say. We, we ask that you be with our listeners, that, uh, that your word would just, uh, just resonate with them in a new yeah. and, and a special way. Father, we we just want this to be all about you. So we love you, and we give you this show. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. We joke around, but we are serious about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's cool. All right, John 9, 24 through 41 um, is where we're going to be. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and get it. ESV is where we're going to be doing it. Get ready. And then opening statement, get Get going. Get ready. All right. Last week's show, Pete, was episode. Can you believe this? 91. Episode 91. I'm looking forward to our 100. I we're can't get, wait. Man, we're like two months away. I can't wait. I can't even believe this. You know, in, in it's going to be what? The first week of October? Something like yeah, that? Something like that. In the television world, you get 100 episodes. That's like a huge deal. They have like a huge, huge party. We're doing 100. We're going to get 100. I soon. am looking forward to the royalty checks. No, no kidding. <laughs> That was that was a joke. With that said, if you want to find us, go to riotpodcast.co and you can donate because we have a lot of expenses. Uh, We are a nonprofit. Uh, What's what's, uh, 50 percent of zero? Yeah, right. All right. Uh, Anyway, so we started John nine last week and covered verses one through twenty three. We talked about the blind man that Jesus healed by putting mud in his eyes. Remember how he made the mud, Pete? Yeah, he spit. He spit in the in the sand. Yeah, that's crazy. We unpacked the story and revealed the beginning stages of how this man came to know Jesus. We saw that Jesus first called him out of all the other blind people. Jesus went out of his way to call this blind man. Yep. It's like when we were blind to him and then Jesus called us to serve him. Then we unpacked that the man recognized that Jesus was more than just a man. In fact, he boldly claimed to the Pharisees that Jesus was a prophet. Hmm. In our reading today, John 9, 24 through 41, we will see that once that once (laughs) that the once blind man did not stop um, talking. What does that mean? He did not stop with Jesus just as a prophet. 
Oh, there we go. It's okay. There we go. Yeah. I missed that. That's what happens when you're tired. I was looking for punctuation and couldn't find any. Oh, that doesn't happen. He will will begin to see him, meaning Jesus, as a man of God, as the man of God, and then finally recognize that he is the son of God. Yeah. So we went from big difference. Yeah. So we went from being called to being being a prophet. Yeah. To be in a man of God, right? To be in the Son of God. So Amen. the progression took place. That's kind of what we're talking about. I want to be a man of God. <clears throat> Amen. Okay. In our walk with Jesus, we will have this progression of faith. We first are called by him over time. Yeah. As we get to know him, we begin to see him more for who he really is. This story is very relevant for us today, Pete. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, you know, I always look at it this way. When I first gave my life to the Lord, there was many years where I just knew about God. I, I really didn't have intimacy with him. I, I believed in him with all my heart. I read, I went to church. I did all of these things, but there was, I, there was really no connection. I did not know God intimately. And it's when I finally surrendered it. It's when I finally says, I just want to be still in your presence. I just want to hear from you. I just want to know you. That is when God started opening my eyes. That is when I was, you know, I, I can honestly say that I was blind and then I started to see, and then I started to experience his goodness. I started to, I started to realize that, no, God is for me, not against me. I, I mean, for the longest time, I always think, well, the reason why I'm going through all these hardships is because I'm not living a perfect life. It's because I'm not doing these things right. And that was totally religion. It was totally workspace. And finally, what God started to do is he just started opening my eyes as it has nothing to do with what you're doing. You're going through these, these problems and these issues because that's life. And because sometimes you are not making decisions according to my will, or maybe you're putting yourself in a position that's not the very best, whatever it is, that's what's happening. And it has nothing to do with your works. It has nothing to do with that. You are set free once and for all. So Anyway, so that's kind of what I see in this. I mean, it's like it happened really quickly, but here is this blind man and he's like, he doesn't see, he doesn't know God. He doesn't, I mean, he knows God obviously because he's a Jew, but he doesn't have a relationship or he doesn't have intimacy and he cannot see him. And so the progression is God called him, God showed up, God touched him. You know, God touches us some way, somehow. When God, when God shows up, something happens, right? We don't just give our life to the Lord. Something caused us to give our life to the Lord. Something revealed, God revealed himself in such a way that we say, okay, I believe. But then like this guy, he wasn't saved yet. And then slowly what happens over time is that he began to realize that, wait, this guy is more than just a prophet. This guy is actually the son of God. And so that's kind of where we're going to study today. This guy is like, this guy's the God, this is him. And, uh, and he followed him, you know, after that and became that relationship. And so like, same with us one day, if you're, if you are a child of God and you are saved one day, God is going to, you know, will reveal to you or whatever. And you'll start following him in such an intimate way that you cannot stop talking about it, can't stop thinking about him. So anyways, let's go ahead and read and, uh, John nine, 24 through 34, and uh, let's, let's unpack that. All right, here we go. Yeah. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? <laughs> How did he? Oh, this story is so funny. How did he open your eyes? He answered them. I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to be one of his disciples? And they were vile. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's hilarious. (laughs) Now, instantly, they're just uh, furious with him. And they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opens my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began, that's a long time, has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. So this is, again, so this is a big deal. So this is John adding that. So John is saying, hey, I'm making this big deal. So I've, I'm living during this time, and I'm telling you, at this time in, in history, never since the world began have I ever heard of anyone opening the eyes of yeah. a blind man. 
So no profit, nobody. This is a big deal. This is first time this has ever happened. Yeah. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Mm. They answered him, you were born in utter sin. And would you teach us <laughs> the arrogance there? And they cast him out. That's, Jesus, it. that's it for now. That's so the, it for now. Yeah, oh, stop. So this oh, is works from 34. So the Pharisees are anxious to settle the case, obviously. So they're like, okay, let's bring him into the synagogue. So that's where he's at now. So they called this once blind man again for questioning, but this time they put him under oath. And um, the first part of the verses, it said that they, they said, give God the praise. So whenever that was said back in the days, give God the praise, it is a form of Jewish swearing in at court. The problem with this court is that the judges were prejudiced from the start. Mm -hmm. They said that we know that this man is a sinner. They were warning the man that he better cooperate with them or he might be excommunicated, <laughs> which they they ended up kicking him out. But yeah, so this is like, you know, this, I mean, I don't know, is our courts like this today? I mean, I guess they're kind of fixed sometimes, right? Yeah, and I hope so, not. I mean, sometimes you go into a court and you already know how this judge is going to rule. I've heard this many, many times. So that's kind of how it is. I mean, this it is. Know. They're basically saying, "Hey, we already know the answer to this. We know Jesus is a, you know, we know Jesus is a sinner." There, there's no way that they're allowing anything else. I don't know. Any other thoughts? No, just <clears throat> I, what stands out to me is just how close-minded the Pharisees are. Like yeah. you said, they've already made up their mind. Yeah, he had he had two choices. So the the blind man sitting there, or the once blind man, he's sitting there going, "Okay." Well, either I can give them uh, what they want or I can just share the truth. I mean, that's really where he was at. It's like, OK, what do I do? You know, in the court of law, you're supposed to tell the truth. Right. Yeah. So but if you're persuaded a certain way, you might be manipulated to want to share something else. But he chose to share the truth and he was not intimidated or afraid to share what happened. So in Jesus, he was bold. Remember last week we talked about boldness in Jesus. Yeah, it's it's something God does something in you. I don't I can't explain it. I just know that. When the spirit of God is working in you and you know that it's true. And because when you, when you're banking your truth off of what the word of God says in context, when you're baking that and you're living by that and you're staking your claim in that, I don't know what it is, but you, you get bold. Yeah. You Cause just, that wasn't the easy choice. The easy choice would have been, Oh, let me not get in trouble with these guys. Right. Because they can, they do can, they can mess up my life. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. all right. All right. Number two, yeah. notice that the once blind man did not debate the character of Jesus probably because that was beyond his knowledge and experience. But the one thing he did know is that now he could see. Yeah. It's, it's funny because they were trying to say, who is this? And, you know, they were trying to debate the character. Yeah. They were trying to say, this guy is nobody. He's a sinner. He's this, but the, the, the blind man or the once blind man is like, um, uh, here, <laughs> let me just share with you the simple, what I know for a fact. Okay. I don't know any of that other stuff, but I know that I was blind this morning. And right now I'm standing before you able to see. That's you know, Pete, it. That's a, all I know. What a lesson that is for us today. Yeah. I think so many times we're, we're afraid to share the gospel or share anything because they're like, well, what if I don't know? What if I don't have the right answer? What yeah. if, what if, what if? All you got to do is share your story. Yeah. So I don't know what happened, but this is what happened to me. This is my story. And they can't, you can't argue your story. That's the simple truth. Or, or even take it further, one step further, or you're spending time with God in the morning. And you've been wrestling with a question for some time, or you're wrestling with something in your life that you just don't understand to. And so you're spending time with him, you're reading his words, you're worshiping him, and you're doing all that. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God gives you insight. He gives you wisdom. He gives you understanding. And you, you have that aha moment. And you're in that aha moment, you're like, oh my gosh, I did not yesterday see this or know this, but today I see it and I know it. And so it's like, in that moment, what do you do? You either tell somebody or you keep it to yourself. Mm. And the Bible is very clear. He tells us to go tell, go tell it on the mountaintops, go tell it on the hills, go tell it everywhere. And so if God given you a truth, whenever that is, go tell somebody about that truth, because that's what he wants. And that's the same thing that happened here with the blind man. The truth happened. Now, God, by the spirit of God, wants him to tell the truth. So um, verse this, this part, though, reminds me of Psalms 27. Um, let's read it from that viewpoint. So this is a blind man that cannot see. And, and again, you got to remember that this is a prophetic statement that took place. So every time that Jesus started healing the blind man, it was part of a prophecy. And it was a prior, part of um, things that happened of the old. And the, and the Pharisees would know this. They would know Psalms 27 
they would know it backwards and forward. But let me go ahead and just read it real quick and just kind of put picture this. So here's this blind man says, all I do know is I can see. Here it is. This is a song of David. So a Psalm of David. The Lord is my light, David said, and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arises against me, yet I will be confident. One thing that I have asked uh, of the Lord that I that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in the shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My, my heart says to you, your face, Lord, I do seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, or you will be my help, or who will have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me of your level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they will breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living, waiting for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And so I, I reason why I brought that up, for one, it was relevant because I was reading it. But another thing is because as I was reading this, I'm just thinking, Here's this man, blind, can't see face to face the, uh, the son of God, is being falsely accused and probably ridiculed and forced to tell a lie or something. And, and you read Psalms and it's just basically saying, listen, no, you know, you're, you're, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to guide you. And I'm going to allow you to see me face to face. And so this guy, that's from the spiritual perspective, but not only spiritually, but this guy, once blind man is now going to see him physically face-to-face. So, all right. Anyway. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. In verse 26, the Pharisees asked him for the fourth time, how did Jesus open your eyes? Can you imagine this once blind man getting frustrated <laughs> with them at this point? Uh, yes, I can. He has been blind all of his life, and there is so much now to see. He certainly did not want to spend much longer in a synagogue, synagogue court looking at angry faces and answering the same question over and over again. Yeah, I just, yeah I'm thinking I, I want to see the birds <clears throat> that I've heard singing. I want to see flowers I've heard people talk about. I mean, just, man, I want to see, I want to see the people that I love. I don't want to spend time with these angry faces. Yeah, I mean, some people would never understand. And we have to be okay with that. We have to learn that, hey, you know what? No matter how many times you've told them the truth and they're still wanting you to explain the same story over and over again, you're like, okay, at this point, you're just not going to get it. I can't tell you any other way. I mean, I've done that with my wife and certain things, but tell me again what you're saying. Tell me again what you're talking about. And she would have to explain it over and over again. It's like, Either I, I can't, I'm not going to get it or I'm going to get it, right? I don't know. I mean, it's just, that's kind of what's here. So this is the fourth time. But I think when, I think what happens with our Christian walk or our faith is we take things personally. And, and I think that we get hurt by it. Or like when people are ridiculing us or they're coming down against us or they're, you know, they're falsely accusing us or they're trying to trap us or there's things that people say or do. And I think we take it personally. Don't take it personally. You stand by the truth, no matter what it is. You allow the spirit of God to bring you that comfort and that peace in the midst of that. You know, I, it made me think of, um, you know, most of the time when someone is attacking you, um, I believe it's a trap of Satan. That's the way I feel. I feel like it's it's when someone's attacking you, it's like Satan's trying to get you to, the, to react. He's trying to make you feel, make it personal. But Ephesians 6 to 16 says, we simply raise our shield of faith and refuse to take the bait. Hmm. So when, when God, when people are coming against us and we want to take things personally, we just say, you know what? No, I know this to be true. I know that the word of God says this, and I know it for sure, for it's true in my own life. So don't take the bait. Don't give in to the peer pressure or the personal, making it personal. And we also must recognize that hurt people hurt people. How many times have we heard that? Yeah. 
It's so, true. So if they're hurting you, if they're coming against you, it's because they're hurt. And so we must immediately recognize them like Jesus did and start and, and recognize that they're hurt and start praying for them. Elevate them. Just realize that, hey, they don't know. But always know that God uses all circumstances for our good and, and that trust him and let him be your defender. And so I think these are just really big truths right now that we just shared. And, and you know, in every circumstance, God is at work. He is always at work. And so we just got to trust him in that. And then at the same time, let him be your defender. You don't have to defend yourself. God will work things out. So anyway, that's my thought. Such a good lesson. Yeah. I, I think once I realized that to hurt people, hurt people, and that really kind of hits home, yeah. it changes your whole mindset. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, you, you're right. Now I don't have... I don't have to get even, right? Yeah. I'm like, instead yeah. of that, just pray for him. Yeah. Like, how, how can I help that person out? And we don't need to be hurt because we're resting in Jesus. Yeah. If we're not resting in Jesus, then we're hurt too. We're going to get offended. If we haven't found <laughs> peace in him and letting him be our God, then yeah, that's what's going to happen. Uh, All right. Man, you you weren't there Sunday, but pa uh, Pastor Barry, he said something that really stuck home to me. He said, we need to get to a point where we are unoffendable. Mm. That, you know, we doing exactly mm -hmm. what you just mm -hmm. said, that we're just laying it all at the feet of Jesus mm -hmm. and uh, nothing, nothing offends us no. because it's not about us. Right. No, that's good. All right. Unable to refute the evidence, the judges began to revile the man. And once and once again, Moses is brought into the picture. Verse 28, the judges said, you are his disciple, but we are the disciples of Moses. The Pharisees were cautious men who who would consider themselves conservatives when in reality, they were preservative. I love that. Yeah. They were preservatives. A true conservative takes the best of what the past, uh, what the past has, and uses it. But he is also aware of the new things that God is doing. Matthew thirteen fifty two says, "The new grows out of the old." Yeah, a pre a preservative is simply embalms the past and preserves it. That's what a preservative. So here's here is this you know old religion and these guys are the overseers of this religion and so they're doing their best to preserve the the integrity of what it is but they are not open to anything that god might be doing hmm. so they're and then here's the other thing is is they never saw the god or the truth in jesus they didn't see the messiah sitting right in front of them. they didn't see the signs they didn't believe it they were hardened heart and so they just they just completely missed it um, they are against change and resist the new things that God might do. So every day is a new day in Christ Jesus. We have to just get that in our head. Every day is a new day that God can work in your life. Every, every day is a new day that we can adjust our life. Every day is a new day that we can learn something new, see something new, grow closer to the Lord, whatever it is, every day. But had the Pharisees really understood Moses, they would have known who Jesus was and what he was doing. That's the bottom line. Yep. They didn't, they just didn't, they knew the, the workings of the Bible, but they didn't know Jesus or God intimately. As Jesus constantly said, listen, you, I know, you know, the, the, the facts and the truth, but you don't know God. If you knew God, you would know me. They have all the knowledge. And that's the same thing with, with people today, religion. Yep. Yeah. Jesus is going to look at those people and say, listen, depart from me for I never knew you. You said, well, I go to church. I can do that. Well, depart from me. I never knew. They, he, people do not know Jesus intimately. And many people are spiritually blind and they don't know how they got so spiritually blind. And I can tell you this right now is, is you put, you, you put everything else above God. It's, it's, you don't have time for quiet intimacy with Jesus. You don't start your day with praying. You don't, you don't worship him. You don't, you don't actually meditate on his word you don't actually put the effort in to know him and you know in any relationship if you don't put the effort in to know them you're not going to have a, an intimacy with that person if i just barely talk to my wife i'm not going to know her that well but i have a triple doctorate you know phd in my wife i know everything about her i've studied everything about her and it's the same thing with jesus i cannot get enough of him i mm -hmm. want to know him more and and then more importantly is let him talk to you and, and I think that we tell Jesus what we want him to do. And we got to stop that. We got to get rid of our preconceived ideas. We got to get rid of our own expectations. And we just got to be emptied before him and let him be God and uh, lead us. And so these Pharisees did not. These people were spiritually blind. And uh, we really need to be cautious here. 
All right. So you want to get on to the next one? Yep, absolutely. I was writing a little note for later. All right, cool. All right. The leaders were sure about Moses, but were not sure about Jesus. In verse 29, they said, we do not know where Jesus comes from. Remember, Jesus had already told them in John 6 that he came from heaven, mm-hmm. sent by the Father. However, the Pharisees were convinced that Jesus was a natural son of Mary and Joseph, Mary and Joseph, and that he was from the city of Nazareth. Well, I mean, I think about this. So they these are probably all the same Pharisees. A lot of them, there's they're sure. following around, or they probably have like a scout team against him. And so wherever he goes, they probably follow with him. But here he is. He tells them over, agents assigned to the case. Right. Yeah. They they already know all of the all the miracles. He's had probably in numerous conversations that are not even listed here, and he's and he's told them over and over again, "I am the Father, are one. I've come from the Father. I've come from heaven." I've he's told them this over and over again. It's like, all right, when you start investigating that, when you say, I mean, here's this guy doing good. Okay. Here's this guy blessing people. Here's this guy healing people. Here's this guy feeding people. Here's this guy doing all of these things. And, and then, and then not only that, the guy has joy, the people like him, he's a good dude, you know, and he's hanging out with people and he's loving on them. And he's, he's taking, he's doing the things he's preaching the word of God. He's preaching truth. Wouldn't they all of a sudden just say, hey, you know what? Maybe there's more to this story. Maybe we should look into this. But no, they didn't. They were judging after the flesh. They were judging after what they were saying, John 8, 15, and not exercising spiritual discernment. They did not. They were, they were so sp- uh, spiritually blind. They could not see what was right in front of them. It's like they're just digging their heels in, more, doubling down and dig, digging their heels in. No, this is, this is, we know we're right. We're, we're not bending on this. Hey, you, you think Nicodemus is in this group right here? I don't know. I mean, I know that, you know, Nicodemus and other ones that were there, but they believed they fought for Jesus. I think they, they stood up. You know, but these there's the they had a sect there that just absolutely were doing everything they can to run him. They already had a preconceived idea of what this what's going on. They were refusing. But I mean, I just if this breaks my heart. So as yeah. we're talking this, what I'm thinking now is I there's a lot of people that I know personally that are religious and they believe that their lifestyle is okay. They believe that everything that they're doing right now is good and and they're fine but they don't know Jesus. And it's like the same thing with these Pharisees. They're very pharisaical. They have all the answers. They, hmm. They'll raise their hand in church. They'll go to worship. They'll do all this. But man, you examine their life and they really don't know God. And it's the hmm. same thing as these Pharisees. They went to church. They did everything they were supposed to do. They, they preached. They, they taught. They did all the things. But here's Jesus right there. And they don't know him. And it's just like they... They have not, they have not really surrendered. And I don't know how to help those people. I don't know. I don't know what to say to you. I've, I've, I've talked to many of them and I said, where's your intimacy? Where's your relationship? And they just look at me like with deer and headlights. It's like, they don't even know they're blind, Pete. I can't. And it hurts me because they're, they're going to church. They're, they're tithing. They're doing all the things they're supposed to do. But they, they don't know Jesus. Got, Jesus is standing right there. They don't know him. And it's like, what do you do? And anybody that's listening to this, it breaks my heart if this is you. And maybe if, maybe you're hearing this and maybe, I don't know. I mean, I hope this is not you. You know, I pray that if it is, that you would, that God would open your eyes and that there would be some sort of spiritual discernment there and that you would be able to hear what God's saying. Anyway. Yeah. And really, Peter, along the same lines, I mean, how many people were going around Jerusalem at this time, opening the eyes of blind people? Nobody, right? It was just, this was a big deal. Instead of investigating the actual miracle, these religious leaders should have been investigating the one who did the miracle. I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah. In Acts 4.11, it says the experts were rejecting the stone that was sent to them. Yeah, I mean, it's like he was the chief cornerstone, and it was him that brought the foundation. It was him that made all things new. It was in Jesus, all things make sense. It's all truth in Jesus. He was it, and they completely rejected it. You know, Jesus always told his disciples to have eyes to see. Well, God is everywhere and is always at work. If we put our trust in man or ourselves, then we will miss learning from him. So true. I mean, it's, it's, it's imperative. I, I wrote this from Watchman Nee. He said, just as the right relationship with Christ generates a Christian, so the proper relationship with the Holy Spirit breeds a spiritual man. Ooh. And 
I think that's kind of what we were saying. It's, it's, there's a relationship with Jesus, knowing the son of God intimately, but more than anything else, relying upon the Holy spirit to teach you new things. And, and Jesus was, was both incarnate right there on earth. And he was, he was sharing the spirit of God. He was sharing the truth and he was doing that and they completely missed it. But watchman, he kind of got it. He said the proper relationship with the Holy spirit breeds spiritual man. So we want to be a, a learning person. We got to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. We got to let the Holy Spirit have it. So, all right. All right. In verses 30 through 33, the man gave the experts a lesson in practical theology. He said, you call Jesus a sinner. And yet it was Jesus that opened my eyes. I love it. In 31, he paraphrases Psalm 66, 18, where he said, God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. He then concludes by giving them a truth bomb. In verse 33, he says, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. I mean, it's it's like this guy doesn't even know what he's doing. He doesn't even right? know what he's saying. He has no idea. All he's doing is just saying, hey, listen, I was blind and now I see. I, I had no idea what was going on. All I know is I could not see. And so if I was a sinner or if I was so bad, the Bible says in Psalm 66, 18, that God doesn't hear sinners. Well, obviously he heard me. And so I don't know. I mean, th this guy's got to be, it's good. It's not bad. This is not a, a devil. I mean, this guy just helped me out. And all I want to know is more of him. And then the last part is this, is just if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So how in the world could a devil do this? This good. Everything that I know about the devil is bad. It's wicked. It's gross. It's ugly. Everything that I know. I mean, this is common sense, I think, for everybody. If you're going to think of the devil, are you thinking it's good? No. Immediately, it's just common sense. There's an evil in this world. There's, there's no doubting that. So, you know, it makes me think of John 15, 5. You know, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me, you can bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So again, so in Jesus, we could do all things through Christ who strengthens us, Philippians 4.13. Tim Tebow verse. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like there's nothing in, in, a, in of ourselves, we will be found wanting. If we do everything in our own power, if we are walking in religion, it, I mean, that's what another thing that religion does is it wipes you out. If you're doing religion, you become, you become exhausted in doing ministry. You Maybe become, that's why I'm tired today. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, if you're doing it with the wrong attitude, that's what happens, right? Sure. And, and, and so that is a testimony to all of us. But if we are doing it in the Holy Spirit's help and, and we're, we're spending time with the Father, we're knowing Jesus, then the Bible says that we could do all things through Christ. The Bible says that we, are, we, we could do everything. But if we are apart from him, we could do nothing. So this guy had no idea about John 15, 5, but man, Jesus uses it. I wonder if Jesus was thinking about this man. Here's John 9. I wonder if he, in John 15, 5, when he's sharing about the vine and the fruit, did he think back of this blind man? Remember when he said that he could do nothing? I don't know. He wasn't there, but he knows all things. So who knows? <laughs> right. All right. Let's go on. Hey, side note real quick. Yeah. Did you ever watch the show um, Home Improvement? Yeah. Remember when they're in the backyard and talking to the neighbor? Yeah. Well, that's how I feel right now. Because all I can see is your eyes going up with our new setup here, the podcast. All I can see is your eyes and your hair. And it's Wilson. That's Wilson. why I keep, I'm yeah. over here laughing. I'm like, like, sorry, distraction. When you're tired, you get easily distracted. That's funny. All right. Anyway, um, let's transition into the the, the rest of this, this right. chapter. Um, the Pharisees had excommunicated this man and cast him out. He was not cut off from his family and friends. He was considered now a publican of sinners, but Jesus comes to those that are outcast and rejected. Thank God. In verse 35 to 41, we will see how Jesus never let this man down and how this man came to know Jesus as the son of well, God. We said that he was not cut off, but he was, it should have been now. Um, what happens is in the, in, they want you to be cut off from everybody. So if you're rejected by the, the court, if you're rejected by the Jewish people, you're basically an outcast. I mean, you're literally not able to fellowship with your family. You're not able to fellowship with everybody. And, and, and that's who Jesus is looking for, really. I mean, he's looking for a broken and contrary spirit. He's saying, hey, listen, I have nothing else. You know, I, I, I don't fit in with the world's ways. I don't fit in with this ways. I don't fit in with that. Who do I fit in with? Well, you fit in with Jesus because Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. And so, all right, let's go on to verse, verse 33 through 41. 
Thank you. Thank you for correcting my my okay. error as well. If this man were not sent from God, were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin and would teach us, and they cast him out. So that's where we left off there. Jesus heard that they had cast him out and had and having found him said, do you believe in the son of man? He answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. Oh. He said, you know what, that, that sounds like um, John 4, right? Mm-hmm. When he's talking to the woman at the well, mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of says the same thing to her. Mm-hmm. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, for judgment, I came into this world that those who do not see may see. Mm-hmm. Those who see may become blind. Wait, and those who see may become blind. So, so he basically is turning everything upside down. Yeah. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't by accident, heard these things and said to him, are we also blind? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, we see your guilt remains. Wow. Wow. So again, this is kind of Jesus, like what we learn with the, the lot of the um, parables and a lot of the stories, Jesus always gives a little sermonette. Every one of them, he always, he never misses an opportunity if he does something to get it. So that's kind of what's going on here. But before he got into that sermonette at the end, he wanted to talk to, um, he wanted to meet up with this guy. He didn't want to leave him. He didn't want to forsake him. He healed him and he wanted to give him an opportunity to worship him. But the good shepherd always cares for his sheep. Jesus knew that the man had been cast out. So we found him and revealed himself to him. This man knew Jesus' voice, but he had never seen him face to face. What a beautiful picture that is. It is. Man, because Jesus could have just gone, kept going on his way, healing and doing miracles and, you know, walking all the way to the cross. But no, he he went out of the way to go back to this guy to make sure. And again, it kind of goes back to what we've been talking about. Many of us know about Jesus, but not many of us know Jesus intimately face to face. Right. It's not enough to believe that he is man called Jesus or even a prophet or a man of God. In 1 John 5, 1, it says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ born of God can be saved. The once blind man surrendered all. And I, I guess that verse is kind of deceiving because it's many people that they believe in Jesus. They believe he died on the cross and rose again. They believe in all of that, but they still don't know him intimately. It's like, you know, you ask them, well, how's God speaking to your life? What's he doing? You know, how's God, what has God revealed to you today? How's God leading you in this moment? You know, and, and how was your quiet time this morning? How was your fellowship with the Lord? You know, were you broken? Was there a time of, of just, you know, total surrender? And I think our, you know, I've been extremely busy those last two weeks and, and it was hard. There was many times where, and in fact, I've, I've adjusted my, my morning, you know, reading time. I've cut it in half instead of really going through all of it and, and studying, because usually we would spend a good hour, an hour and a half, and I've cut it to a half hour. And, and, and I think, you know, I'm being convicted as I'm telling you this. It's, it's, we are, you know, we, <laughs> God needs to be the most important thing in our life. And, um, we don't want to let busyness, we don't want to let the cares of the world to overtake that. And it's, and it's, he's everything for us. And when Jesus comes into your life and you meet him face to face, we need more of him. So anyway, all right. Reading that verse, I'm wondering if maybe the translation just a little weird, right? The, the believes, I'd like to know what the, I might have to go study that a little bit and see what believes, you know, what the original language says. Let's see if it's, if it's more of a, what you were just saying, it's more of a, a surrender. It's more of a, you know, a following type word. It's not just, Oh, I know who, cause I, I think a lot of times we, we, we see that believes like, well, yeah, I, you know, I believe in, you know, that George Washington was real or, yeah. you know, Socrates is real, but yeah. you know, that, yeah, this is, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we share that all the time that what, what's the verse in James that, you know, even, even the demons believe, mm. but they shut, you know, and shudder yeah. in his name, but yeah. they're not, you're not going to meet them in heaven right all right wherever jesus went some of the pharisees tried to be present so that they could catch him in something he said or did in verse 39 jesus closes out this episode by preaching a brief but penetrating sermon on spiritual blindness the reason jesus the reason for jesus coming was ultimately for salvation but the result 
but the result, as he put it in verse 39, is with his coming comes condemnation of those who would not believe. Yeah, so it's it's not, you know, he's basically saying that in the world, you could talk to this because you you talk about it a lot. But if, you know, there, Jesus never condemns us, we're already condemned. So he's not, he's not saying, hey, I'm going to condemn you. He's basically saying you're condemned already. That's right. You know, coming to me, you're going to not going to be condemned. You know, I, I just, I wrote this funny statement. I just said the, the same sun that brings beauty out of the seeds also exposes the vermin hiding under the rocks. <laughs> and I, I thought it was funny. I wrote it. I saw it somewhere and I read it and I was like, hey, that's funny. But it fits here because Jesus, when he shines upon you, man, he, he'll reveal his goodness in you. He'll reveal his love to you. And you allow the spirit of God and, and Jesus to come and you're going to blossom. I mean, you're going to, you're just going to shine. But man, if that other side is, is creeping around and, you know, there's a vermin going around and I'm telling you that light is going to reveal it. And, you know, I, that's why I've, I've, anybody that acts like they're good, I said, you haven't been in the light of Christ, man. If you act like your stuff has got it together, I mean, I understand what, when Paul said, I am the chief center of all, I get it. Mm -hmm. Because the closer you get to Jesus, the more those vermins are coming out, man. They come out of the rocks and you start, like the other day, I haven't, I haven't blown up in over 10, 15 years. And I was exhausted at the end of the time, but it was still in me. It still came out. And I was disappointed in myself. I was like, what in the world? I humbled myself. Uh, I did it to my daughter, but I humbled myself and, and went back. But it's like, it's there. And the more that we get closer to the Lord, the more we realize, ah, as Isaiah 6 said, oh my gosh, woe is me, I'm undone. And, and that is the truth. But the other side is also the truth. When Jesus is shining upon you, I mean, he's shining on you. I mean, it's incredible. And, and you're blossoming and you're, and you're, and you're living in freedom and you have, you know, uh, you're, you have a hop in your step and you have, you know, you're able to speak words that are, un, un, that you never had before. You're able to understand wisdom and knowledge. And I mean, just you're, you look better. I mean, you smell better. I mean, everything, <laughs> I'm telling you, Jesus changes you. He makes you beautiful. You know, have you ever met that person who was a drug addict before, before God, or they were just like down and out in their life and they gave their life to the Lord and you looked at him it's like, man, you look healthy. Yeah. You look, you look sane. You look good. You everything, everything changes. And it's, that's what Jesus does. It's incredible. All right. Well, the religious leaders were blind and would not admit it, Pete. Therefore, the light of truth only made them more blind. Think about that. Yeah. The once blind man, however, admitted his need, and he received both physical sight and, more importantly, spiritual sight. Yeah, that's that's it. I mean, we and I, I you know, I we get both. I mean, even though it's a spiritual sight, I mean, it's like you know, if we're not in the Word, if we're not really loving Jesus, I mean, just throughout the day, just loving Jesus. We're blind. I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. You can't see, yeah. but man, if you just, you you choose in your life to just say, God, I'm all in and I'm surrendering. I'm going to work with worship you. And I'm going to spend time with you and know you, you see, and all of a sudden you see good. I mean, you see a lot of things. And I look back at my life and man, I, I remember all those, I call it like the veils being torn off my eyes. And it's like, all of a sudden, I'm, Whoa, I never saw that before. Whoa. Hmm. I never understood that before. Whoa. I finally have this truth. And it's like, it's a constant thing. And God just constantly says, more that you know me, the more you're going to see. The more that you see, the more you're going to know me. And so it's, it's incredible. I wonder how many, how many miracles or how many opportunities to see God at work because you know, my relationship wasn't right. And, all I, the and time. I was blind and you're missing it. He's all around us all everywhere. You just have to have eyes to see. Yep. It's like, you know, you don't, it's like, what? oh my gosh, why do I have to move? Well, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. That's right. But if you're walking with the Lord, you realize that he is fully in control and you adjust your life to whatever that is that he's doing and you're okay with it because the next chapter is just as good or better. Or better, yeah. And so we just have to trust him. All right. All right. In verse 41, Jesus responded to the religious leaders by saying, if you were blind, you would be better off, but you claim to see. Therefore, you are guilty. Mm. Blindness would at least be an excuse for not knowing what was going on. 
but they did not know what was going on. Jesus had performed many miracles and the religious leaders ignored the evidence to make a right decision. It's kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. They've been around, they've been seeing these miracles, but they're so stuck and digging their heels in trying to say, well, we got to catch this guy in a lie so we can, we can, you know, get rid of him. They're missing it. They're just missing all the miracles around them. They're missing. God is right in front of them and they're missing it. I always say to people, I'd rather you not go to church if you're just going to practice religion. Amen. And I know pastors, they're like, whoa, no, we need them in church. No, but I'm it's the more you're hearing the truth. You're now accountable for that truth. That's right. And it's like, you know, I, if I've, you know, I've do a lot with natural discipleship. So I'm, I disciple people like crazy. And I always tell people, especially after I get through quite a bit, I said, listen, I'm asking you what's your relationship with the Lord and what's your quiet time like and what's going on with the Lord. And and you don't have the answers. And we've been talking about this over and over again. I said, listen, what we're doing right now is just practicing religion. And I'd rather you just not do it. It's it's better for you not because you're guilty as these religious leaders here are guilty. Hmm. And it's like, you're guilty. And then I'm telling them, I says, listen, either you're going to do it so that you grow closer to the Lord and want to know more of him, or just don't go or don't go at all. Just live in hell, live in sin because you're doing it anyway. I mean, it's like, you're not, you're listening to truth, but you're not living the truth. You're listening to what God is telling you, but you're not being obedient in what he's telling you. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, there's a difference and you're just, you're just playing religion. And what does it make you feel better? Fine, whatever, you know, but I'd rather you not. Yeah. That's just my take on it. No, my, I was just, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, cause there's kind of two sides of that coin. You got, you got people there, you have worldly people that are doing acts of religion to try to, you know, whatever they're trying to earn their way to God. And then I think you also have, I, I believe you have believers that are trying to stay in the world. Yeah. And that oh, to yeah. me is the most miserable place oh. you could possibly oh, yeah. be. Oh yeah, they're living in both lives, and that's Romans. That's Revelations three. Oof. Jesus says, "I want to vomit out of my mouth, Luke either warm. for me or against me." Yeah, yeah. All right. The once blind man was cast out of the synagogue, synagogue, but God, uh, but but taken by the good. Let me start over. Yeah. The once blind man was cast out of the synagogue, but taken by the good shepherd and added to his flock. Amen. We never see this healed man again in Scripture, but surely that man followed Jesus closely and was among those who was a witness for him. And I think that's, that's where we're at right now. So this is kind of the, the full circle here. So we started with God calling us. And, and from God calling us, we start realizing, okay, there's more to this. Okay, I, I believe that God is who he is. I believe that he's a good God. I believe that he, you know, the scripture is true. We believe that, but we really still don't know him face to face. And, but God, but God did call you. And so then God reveals himself even more to you. And, and now he's revealed himself through a circumstance, uh, something happened in your life, whatever it is, you know, you're, you lost your baby or you, you have cancer or your husband, or you lost your job or, you know, your kids are doing whatever, whatever it is, something happened in your life and you've come to terms with, okay, I, I, I don't have an answer for this. I don't know how to get through this. And Jesus comes face to face with you. You know, you're once blind and he comes to you and he says, here, I'm standing right in front of you now. And, and I love you and I care for you and I want to be there for you and I want to get you through this. I want to be your God. I want you to be my child. And, and, and I want to do this. I want to bless you. And, and you come to this time in your life and you have two choices. You could try to fix this on your own. You could try to fill whatever that you're feeling, pain, agony with sex, with drugs, with alcohol, with pleasure, with entertainment, whatever it is, you can try to fill that. You can maybe bring friends in your life, or you could do something to try to make yourself whole yourself. Or you could just be broken in God's presence. And you can just surrender it to him and just say, God, I'm going to lean not, as the Bible says, lean not on my own understanding, but I'm going to trust and acknowledge you in all things. And, and I'm going to believe that your word is true. And I'm going to believe that what your Romans 8.28 says, that I'm going to work all things together for good for those who are called according to your purpose. And, and you're going to believe his word and you're going to do that. And you're not going to budge. You're going to let God be God. It's that moment of truth. And here's this blind man. 
the moment of truth is he, he once wasn't able to, he heard him, but he didn't see him. And now this, this man is seeing him and he has this moment of truth. And he says, what do I got to do? And, and, and what is it that you're asking of me? And, and Jesus lays it out to him. And, and he says, all right, I'm going to do it. And, and we just, all the stories of the Bible, the Samaritan, how she went and, and told the whole, you know, whole city and how the, remember the demon possessed man, when he went to, to get Gerasenes yeah. and, and all of a sudden he told the whole people, it's the same thing with us. It, like you just said, Bob, if we are a follower of Christ and we're trying to be like the world and we're not sharing God's truth with them, we're not saved. I, I don't believe we are. I don't believe we know Jesus because if you truly knew Jesus, you can't shut up about him <laughs> and, and you can't stop wanting to love on people and you can't stop wanting to bless people. And you, you just, you can't, and you look for every opportunity to be able to create God moments. And, you know, I was convicted and I'm, I'm still growing. I'm, I'm still learning constantly. And, you know, we talked on a podcast a while back, how I just rather not meet new people. Right. I, I just been me, especially around. I'm a, I'd rather be in my room and by myself and people that know me are like, that's whatever. You're like the you're an outspoken <laughs> person. You're all this. And I'm like, I'd rather not. I do it because I know God wants me to do it. But I, if I had the opportunity to share Jesus with somebody, I am on it in a heartbeat. And if I, if God opened the door for me to love on somebody, I'm on it in a heartbeat. And that's a lot. That's often all the time. And so here's this guy you know, Jesus, you know, does it and he's a witness. Here's this guy, you know, I'm sure that he's spreading the gospel and that's how it spread. I mean, think about it. He can't help but share it. He can't. He can't. You know what? You just hit me, Pete. Hmm. We're all born blind. Yep. You know, we're, every one of us is this, is this man. Yep. I mean, in a spiritual sense, every one of us is born blind. Yep. So we could choose today to either choose between religion or relationship with God. And, and you, even if you don't believe in God, you have some sort of religion. You believe in something. I don't, I don't care what it is. You have some sort of faith. I mean, you have faith to sit in your chair right now. It's going to hold you up. There's something, there's some sort of faith in your life, period. But you can, you can either live that way or you can have a relationship with God. You can, you can truly know him intimately. And that's what he's asking of you. And if we choose a relationship like this blind man did, we too are being a witness of how he's going to transform our life. And, and so it's just the beginning. God wants to make you whole. God, God desires that you become more like him, that your life is a reflection of goodness, that you live this life that's holy and pleasing and that, that brings the father glory. And he, 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 he does that slowly. And if he did it quickly, we, he would, we would blow up. We would explode. We, we would not be able to handle the truth about ourselves if we really saw ourselves in the light of Christ. Hmm. We, would, we, would, we couldn't handle it. And, you know, that I thought a few good men, you know, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> well, I mean, truthfully, we can't handle the truth without the grace of God and the covering of the Holy Spirit in our lives to protect us from seeing that truth. Uh, we can't handle it. But God in his loving mercy and God in his patience and God in his long suffering deals with us in our moments. He deals with us as we can handle it. He meets us where we're at, no matter where it is. And, and he chooses to walk with us. And he chooses to love us in spite of us. And he chooses to bless us. And he chooses to pour himself into us. And slowly over time, we mature and become more like him. And in religion, that doesn't happen. Religion is you give your life to the Lord and you're the exact same person 20 years later. There is no growth. There is no, there's no revelation in your life today. There is no transformation. You look the same. You, you speak the same. And, and there's no vision. And you don't have any clarity. And so if you're spiritually blind and you want to become unblind, you can now. And you could just say, God, forgive me for choosing to do it my way in religion. And I choose today to do it your way. And if you don't know Jesus intimately, you can today. You just got to confess. You just got to say, God, forgive me of my sins. And then believe. I believe, God, that you are the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again on the third day. 
Just believe that in your heart. And then more importantly, now live for Jesus. Live for him. Go and tell somebody about him. Go and read your word and get learn more. Find somebody to help speak into your life and find somebody to help come alongside of you. Find a Bible-believing church that can help uh, grow you. And if you have any more questions, call us. Get in contact with us. We will walk with you every step of the way if you want to give your life to the Lord. We'll help you find the right church. We, we will help disciple you. I mean, Bob's waiting, chomping at the bit to disciple you. Right, Bob? That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, we would, we'll help you get through the next steps, but just give us a call. Bob, how could you, how could they find us if they did? Yeah, the best way to us? reach us, Pete, is uh, at our website, riotpodcast.co.co. You have all the contact information there, emails, phone numbers, any way you want to get a hold of us there. And then I want to remind you to go on to our YouTube channel, like, subscribe, and share. That's three things, like, subscribe, and share. Mm-hmm. And then finally, and we'd love to hear from you on our social media platforms as well. You can go to um, you can go to Facebook and then Twitter. Is it the Twitter, the Twitter machine? Is the, we, do we still I, use the Twitter machine? I, yeah, we do. The Ryan Podcast. <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, and I think we're even on TikTok. I'm not sure though, but anyway. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, that's that. above my pay grade. Yeah, that's above my pay grade. Yeah, yeah, I don't get that part. But man, we would love to hear from you. Let us know where you're listening to us from. And again, share your uh, share the podcast with somebody. Just there's somebody in your in your sphere of influence that uh, needs to hear this this podcast today. So share it today. Pete, thanks. Amazing show. I knew the Holy Spirit would get us through it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I had doubts, but he, he did get us through <laughs> yes, it. He's he faithful as always. always. As He's always. So Can't wait till next week. You guys have an amazing week of worship. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you as you walk intimately with him this week. Amen. Nice. Goodbye. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.